Hello, Julia. Morning. How, How are, are you? you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good. Uh, well, welcome along to the English and Math Booth podcast. Thank you very much for the invite. I'm honoured. We're very excited to have you here. So I'll do a bit of a formal introduction. So um, we've got with us Julia, um, who I honestly can't actually put my finger on how many years ago I encountered her wonderful work. It was at some sort of exam event. And I was like, this woman is amazing. She knows this exam inside and out. She knows what I'm going through in my classroom, trying to get further education, math students to engage. And then I just fangirled, nicked her resources, usual story. <laughs> and then she appeared on the Mr. Barton podcast. And I think I actually got told at some point by Steve Hope, my former boss, to stop talking about the podcast because I just kept mentioning it so much. I'm like, and then, and then she said this, and then she said this. And it became, it came like a bit of a thing, like, oh, have you listened to anything else this week, Sammy? Or have you just listened to Julia again? Um, so I'm delighted to have you here. Welcome, Julia. Thank you. I don't think I actually explained what you do there very well, but we, people just get the feeling that you're just wonderful at math. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I'm completely embarrassed. I'm completely blushing and completely embarrassed here. <laughs> don't be, don't be, because when you appeared on that Mr. Barton podcast, it was quite possibly career changing for me because wow. I was like, she knows what goes on in my classroom. She must be able to see inside my room. <laughs> yes, it was a popular podcast as well. So I obviously hit a nerve with quite a few people and, um, most of my work, you know, it does come from practical experience of um, some RC and aggressive kids sometimes who just don't get, <laughs> don't get the point, don't see the point, the relevance of it. And um, it is possible to change hearts and minds, definitely. Absolutely. So we always start with the same question, Julia. So I'm going to ask you, what is your most memorable lesson? Um. I would have to say it was um, I used to team teach at Colchester Institute with um, auto engineering and welding. Um, and I think for me, the best maths lesson I ever, ever saw, ever observed as a younger teacher was the um, auto mechanic when they did um, pattern laying. So they were they had a sheet of um steel and they were laying mm. out patterns for body parts with percentage you know trying to minimize percentage waste um and and for me the the way the guy just explained it all practical the boys were enamored generally it was boys in that class um you know they were just on board with it because it was so relevant and pertinent and made a whole heap of sense but it was all maths it wasn't vocational at all really it was all maths i could have delivered the same session uh, without mm. a car at all but it was just brilliant and the, and just the way that he did it and it was just very straightforward and very adult um in in the way that his language was there you know nothing was easy nothing was just considered easy um and he was a, he was an elderly um vocational scottish tutor so he just took no nonsense from them and uh, it was a <laughs> lesson in behavior management as well but it was yeah really 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 good to be part of that process I think that's hit something that Holly and I have talked on on another episode in that very often we're always looking to vocational areas for where can they embed English and maths. Yeah. But actually we like to embed vocational in our English and math lessons. Definitely. And, you know, 
that that's where the magic happens is when we're all singing from the same hymn sheet definitely and anyone who knows me knows i hate the word embedding because for me <laughs> that means that's why i said it <laughs> hiding it so don't embed it enhance it because there's massive masses of it there already um so make it even better than it already is there is no vocational route um that doesn't contain a huge element of maths and english um so to say we're embedding it means you're sort of pushing it down and and you know that's that's the etymology of the word isn't it pushing it down and kind of squirreling it away well no we should bring it to the fore uh because you can't do the job without having those skills well there we go we've got english embedded there and i say embedded again we've enhanced this podcast with some english which is always the pitfall for many math teachers in my yeah. experiences we're going to squeeze some english in yeah definitely well it's just naturally there isn't it you shouldn't have to squeeze it in anywhere it's it's just naturally part of what you do on any college course well and you know i i, I like that because I, I argue the same when people say to me, I, I, I can't do maths in my lesson. It just it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this big cultural thing. Um, it is everybody's in a college or in a, in a training provider or in a school sixth form. It's everybody's problem. If you've got students that need help with their maths or their English, it's everybody's issue. It's everybody's problem. It's not isolated to the GCSE maths team or the functional maths team. Um, it's it's everybody's issue. Everyone should be challenging it. And, um, you know, I've worked with num numbers, well, hundreds and hundreds of vocational staff um, over the years. And, and, and part of their issue is that they don't even know what the, the maths curriculum is. So asking them yeah. to embed or enhance the maths, they've got to know what the curriculum is. So my first message would be to give them all a, a set of Corbett maths revision cards because <laughs> then they yeah. can see that visible curriculum or they know what it is. And actually, they've got the skills then to be able to upskill themselves. So there's that's a, that's a great tip. Yeah, it's, you know, it, there, there's a lot of fear there with um, some of our vocational teams. that, And they, they also tend to teach the way, and I'm, I'm generalising, they tend to teach the way that they were taught. And that's not always appropriate, as you know, um, for some of our learners. They need a different approach, uh, different methodologies. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is, I'll, I'll come, that brings me on to what, something I wanted to talk to you about. But just something on that, when I was doing maths in vocational areas at my former college, they were always astounded when I said, if you could just start with a bit of rounding, every time there's a number, can you just ask them to round it to one significant figure, one decimal place, yeah. and, and just stretch and challenge that? And they were like, well, why, why can't they just do that? Yeah. no yeah. they can't yeah <laughs> that's no. why they're here i know it's you know they don't, they can't embed something unless they know what the curriculum is in the same way that you can't put mig and tig welding into your classes unless you yeah. actually know what that is and how to do it as well my mig and tig welding is quite good now <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine yeah. you're a wizard everything <laughs> so something that i took from this mr barton podcast that i've referred to and i will pop it in the description for those that are wanting to listen to what I'm on about is something that you said that has always stuck with me which said that maths is hard and they need to recognize that there's a struggle to be had yeah. and also that they've done it before so if it looks and feels the same we're going to get the same result absolutely absolutely right so if you look at the national numeracy they've got to value the qualification have the belief that they can do it this time around with you uh, maybe that's second or third or fourth time 
um, and also they've got a part to play. It's not something that just happens to them. They've got to put some effort in for themselves. And we can't just repeat what's happened at school or wherever they've been previously because we'll just get the same result. So if you think about a 16, 17 year old who's come to college and an adult learner who's, who's coming back into education, They've seen enough maths to get a grade four. They've seen enough maths to get a grade five. It's just they can't do it all. Um, so it's all revision. It's all about revision. That's that's what this our post-16 work is. It's all revision and building on the work that they've seen um, and practicing another. Again, I'm full of mantras. Um, practicing until they can't get it wrong. Not practicing until they get it right. Just and then moving on. Practicing so much fluency um, is is huge. Um, just practicing till they cannot get it wrong. So um, yeah, lots and lots of work to be done by the student as well. Yeah, and that leads me on to then your um, wonderful five R's. If you want to just um, explain what those are to people. Yeah, so um, we mapped it in, AQA asked me to map it into all of their resources. So if you're an AQA centre, you've got access to it. Um, it's a revision-based curriculum and it's one that I, it work, always worked for me. Um, the five R's are, um, it's about daily maths and that's something I'm building upon even more now. Uh, a little bit of maths every day. So bu building this practice and fluency. So the first R is five minutes, about five minutes of recall, the AO1 factual stuff the easy stuff the times tables the uh, the simple calculations five minutes of recall of information uh, 10 minutes of routine maths so things like Corbett maths five a day things like just maths bread and butter a jumble of maths because in the exam they'll get questions you know not following any particular uh, hierarchy they'll get a jumble of maths so so 10 minutes of routine maths 15 minutes focusing on one topic one of those high um high performance um topics the ones that we know frequently occur high frequency topics rather 15 minutes of one topic just just focusing on the topic not doing any exam questions just revising the topic then repeating so another 10 15 minutes of repeating the topic but just with exam questions and, and looking at exam questions and answers and seeing if you can marry the two together. And then the last bit, and I think this is going to be huge going forward, um, is are you ready for the exam? So the last one is ready, uh, just focusing on exam technique, because again, look at chief examiner's reports, know what they can't do particularly well and do that and share that information with them. If you think that the cohort that's going to come to us in September, they haven't done a public exam since their year six SATs, that's huge. Yeah. That's going to be huge for them. Um, and we know they make numpty errors. We know that they won't even start some of those big problem-solving questions. Um, so there's a huge amount we can do on exam technique. And again, that's not part of the mass curriculum. It's just about yeah. knowing how the things are marked. Yeah, and I think what's important to, to stress in, in this approach is at no point are you teaching to the exam no. because you're teaching a mix of the topics, exam technique, and then looking at the topic in detail and then practicing the topic. And it's like a, a wraparound care of looking at the topic, yeah. but making sure that they are getting exam ready week by week by week. Yeah. 
So my Pythagoras lesson wouldn't look like anything like would happen at school. It would start off with a photograph of uh, I've got this mathematical hooks padlet, which is, is free to everybody. It's very popular. It's a photograph of, of a design um, of a civil um, park space design. And you've got the path going straight forward. You've got then turn right to go off to wherever. But everyone takes the shortcut across the grass because they save save a bit of walking. That's Pythagoras in action. So that would be the start of my yeah. Pythagoras lesson. We'd look very different to school. I'm not repeating and I'm not just focused on, on the exam results. I want them to understand it. Yeah, and I think I think the Hooks Padlet, mm -hmm. and again, I'll pop that in the show notes for everyone. Um, the Hooks Padlet is something that, that came with me because there was an argument at the time when you came up with the Hooks Padlet, or when, I don't know whether it's when you came up with it, but it's when it came into my life, was that people were saying, no, you need to step away from doing gimmicky things. And then I arrived with this hooks padlet and everyone was like, no, we can't. We can't. It's a gimmick. And I was like, no, this isn't a gimmick. This is different to a gimmick. Absolutely. This is visually representing Absolutely. where this map happens in the real world. Absolutely. It starts off a discussion. It's a, it's going to get them interested because, you know, some of them are funny photographs. There's a picture of an American baseball team and on the back, all of their T-shirts, it was done for Pi Day. So one's got the number three, the next one's got 14 and so on. And I don't give them any prompts at all. I do it with masses of teachers now to show them a model how you can use it. Um, you know, what can you see? What's that number? You've seen that number before. What is it? What is it in there again? Three and a 14 and a 15. They do, you know, it's just seeing things differently. And it comes back to that point about revision. Revision, revisioning it. Seeing it differently second, third, fourth time around. Uh, and hooking them in with something that, oh, that looks quite interesting. How does that work? um yeah, it's, it, yeah it does work for me anyway <laughs> no and I think I think it definitely does work and I, I, I've been in AQA centre I've been in Edexcel centre I've been in AQA centre I'm back at, <laughs> I'm back as an Edexcel I've not actually changed college in this oh, time wow. I'll just point that out yeah <laughs> it shouldn't be like that it should, it should just be about good maths shouldn't it? it shouldn't be about um the awarding body that you use it shouldn't be um, but it's no, about the, right. it's about the support you get from them, isn't it, and the resources that they provide as well. Yeah, and I think that the issue then comes when you do change exam bodies that you you do find teachers end up teaching to the exam because it's slightly different. Yeah. And although the maths hasn't changed, the way it's represented in the exam has changed. Yeah. So, like, the multiple choice questions don't occur in one and they occur in the other. It, and teachers get too focused on that sometimes and think, Do you know, what, I'm just going to sit with them and just go through some papers just so they know yeah. how the paper looks and feels. And then it, it becomes that that drilling yeah. in. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, and, you know, working on exam technique works, you know, is very favourable for them in all sorts of other areas of, of you know, things yeah. that they're going to face on their on their study programme. So working on exam technique has a lot of other benefits as well. It's like the old, you remember the star questions when they used to yeah. say conclusion at the yeah, bottom of absolutely. Them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the old functional maths questions hidden in the GCSE, embedded into the GCSE. Embedded. embedded into, yeah. oh. No, it makes you mad, doesn't it? But yeah, you can't do that problem solving unless you've got a really good 
fluency you know you've got the, the fluency yeah. of uh, i always make analogies uh, with with driving you know you're, you're fluent at driving a car aren't you you don't have to think about it you just do it and you're reactive and you're responsive um you know playing football you have to practice the skills that's exactly the same but the students have to have to do some work for themselves outside the classroom they can't um have have any opportunity really to succeed unless they do that they have to take you know it's yeah. not something that happens to them no, completely, completely. So tell us, you you mentioned that you wrote the five hours um, with AQA. So what, where are the five hours at now? What, yeah. what are you doing so, with the five hours Yeah, now? we had a massive um, research trial underway and then COVID hit, which again, nobody's fault, whatever. But we were trialling it because we knew that there was significant impacts um, in a couple of centres, you know, big centres that we trialled it with. So we wanted to find out the EEF um, sponsored it with the AOC, which was fantastic. Big big trial going on and it halted because of covid obviously um so i then because everyone was kind of online uh, looking to deliver stuff i i morphed it to five hours online so it's now available um i've just gone to someone else for some funding for it so it may be oh. watch this space it may be that we have a a big free offer coming up that's my intentions with it but at the moment i've worked with emma bell um, and we've integrated the Focus 15 approach that she has, which is brilliant uh, at Grimsby Centre for Excellence there. Um, we've integrated it and it's an online offer now for resits for functional maths. So you can have a Padlet that will give your students work to do on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday. It's all very varied, lots of games, puzzles videos, uh, things for them to read, exercises that mark themselves. So it enables the students with no usernames and passwords, just to pin code to get in and do some maths. There's no excuses, at least half an hour every day. Um, I've got a primary pathway as well, which looks really um, quite wow. interesting. Um, developing a home ed pathway as well, because um, it's just about good maths and fun maths and and, and maths with a purpose for the, for the, the actual kind of um, age set. Um, it's suitable for year 11 as well for some, I don't like the term catch up maths, but just it's all about good maths, yeah. but in a, in a variety of media and using Padlet, yeah. using Padlet as the mechanism. So it's it's going great guns at the moment. But as I say, um, yeah, we might have some news in a couple of weeks. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'll, I'll get in touch with Emma today and I'll, I'll book Emma on for a yeah. few weeks and we'll see. We'll see Absolutely. if we can finish this story yeah, up. <laughs> a superstar. So, yeah, and it's, it's nice that we work so well together and um, have integrated it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's where we are. But I think that's true for all math teachers. I think everybody, just at the moment, there's just such a collective buzz in FE about everyone working together and sharing. And um, I saw your live chat yeah, with yeah. Mars as well. And I just think that this is this is the moment, yeah. I think. This is the moment where we're making changes. In yeah, FA. definitely. We're collaborating so much more. I mean, I thought march last year oh well that's it i'm done i'm finished i'm gonna have to go back to school or college or you know what what's where's my place now in all of this but actually it's been it's been superb it really has um i was lucky i did a lot of work on the bbc bite-sized daily stuff so for maths um yeah. i was really pleased with the secondary stuff that we managed
managed to get out for that. Um, but then since then, these constellations have come along. So I met people like Mars, met you more, um, had, had yeah. very interesting <laughs> conversations with it, with a real diverse range of people that I probably would not have met before. Um, I didn't realise I needed chair yoga in my life until Steph Wilkinson came along. Um, and the AP South movement has connected with, with, with a lot more yeah. local people. So that's been really good. So I've met virtually um, so many more people because um, I am a real people person. I like being out on the train and visiting different colleges and things. And I, I was really missing it. But actually, I've just got a different dimension to it now, which has been brilliant. Yeah, that's wonderful. And yeah, we'll just big shout out to oh, yes. Consulting and the ETF for the AP Connect project, because that's that's where all this has come from, as well as the Definitely. JFE um, movement as well. So I think I think, yeah, this I, I think this is this is the change that FE maybe didn't yeah, know it needed definitely definitely yeah, yeah i wholeheartedly agree i haven't got as much time for that as i would like i think um but you know yeah. there's just so much to it and it's just you know exponentially expanding isn't it it's just brilliant brilliant to see and, and there's some superb yeah. people there you know people like yourself and mars just two two fine examples of some brilliant practitioners doing a really really good job Gosh, thank you. Right, well, bizarrely, it always flies this, but we've come to the end of our time. Wow. So if you could just, I know, where <laughs> does it go? If you could just give a shout out to your Twitter handle and your website so people know where to find I you. I will do. It's uh, Julia Smith, a rabid tweeter at Tess Maths, T-E-S-S -S Maths. Um, and it's 5Rs.co.uk. Lovely. Thank you for being with thank us Thank you today, for the invite. Julie. Take care. Bye.